This podcast is dedicated in loving memory and tribute to Judy Roth, Ashley Berg, and Bennett White. Radio, a podcast about cycling, health, music, art, and transformation. With your hosts, Greg Roth and Dave the Rocket Richter. All right, episode number seven of We Ride Why Radio. I'm Greg. And I'm Rocket. And we have a very special episode for you today, probably different than what we've done uh, since we launched this thing. We have a very special guest. Her name is Ashley Berg. She is one of the principal characters in the film that we're making, We Ride Why, which is the namesake of this podcast. But before we get into that, we want to kick it off with a beautiful number from one of our friends, Andrew Vait. And it's appropriately titled Golden One because to me, Ashley was the golden one. When we were young, kicking rocks and picking up words, we believed everything we heard. We hurried down the halls. The world was the size of my room. It was painted on the
The track you just heard is The Golden One from Andrew Vate, who's a friend of ours. And I thought the song was appropriate given our next guest. Uh, her mom calls her the Sunshine Girl. I call her the Sunshine Girl, but she could also be called the Golden One. And that is Ashley Berg. And uh, Ashley is the principal character of the documentary we're making. And uh, this is We Ride Why Radio. This podcast was started because we're making a film. And Ashley is principal um, character in that film. And this is a conversation I had with Ashley uh, when we started the project. We had many conversations. But this conversation uh, was really the first time we'd actually gotten together in person because we'd had a lot of conversations over the phone for her to share her story about how she battled cancer. And then I got to share my story about my mom. The reason those two stories are so connected because my mom and Ashley were so much alike. And uh, you'll hear that in the interview today. Rocket, you got a chance to, to hear it. What what did you think, man? You met you met Ashley. Yeah, it was it's an amazing story and when you hear the interview it just it really brings you in and and and, and gives you the depth that the that the movie is gonna really get into. Mm, yeah. Um and, and I love how it brought your story out just organically. It wasn't planned and it just came out. I mean Ashley she turns into the interviewer. Yeah. Yeah, um I mean you really get a sense of who she was and Folks, um, those of you that are not familiar with the movie or even the podcast, at the beginning, we dedicate this podcast to Ashley and to Bennett White uh, because they're two friends of ours that we lost um, to cancer. And so this is our conversation with Ashley less than a year before she passed away. It's pretty powerful stuff. And uh, I'm really glad you're here, Rocket, because you're such a part of this story. And when you and I met uh, back in January of 2017, the year that we decided to do this film, I came to you and you were at the time a uh, partner at Metier and we wanted to show our, our trailer at a really cool place. And I walked in the place and I thought, this is, this is perfect. And you were generous enough to open up your space and let us hold an event there. And then you showed up. Yeah. And then you met Ashley. Uh, I don't know if you met her that night, but uh, I know that you met her at Obliteride. Obliteride, and, yeah, that night and Obliteride. And that, that yeah. night. So you were there. Yep. And so you were there uh, when we debuted the very first uh, uh, teaser trailer. And so you're such a part of this story, man. And so I just want to say that it's really great having you in the studio today and share this with you uh, because this is an episode that, that like no other. Yeah. What, what folks are going to hear today is Ashley. Ashley Berg and they've never heard this I had never heard this I I've, I've been sitting on this interview footage because we've been working on the film for a few years first time I went through all of it and uh, it was hard yeah I mean it's a it's a subject that that's really hard to talk about you know when when you know when you have cancer and somebody tells you you're gonna die and just facing that and you know you know the fight that this is what this interview is all about yeah the fight um, because there is sadness and yet what's great about this and what folks will hear is the fact that Ashley you know she was vulnerable um, and yet she was strong this this a complete human being an amazing mom an amazing person um, somebody that has changed my life 
you know, and it's a, it's it, it's the, her story, but it makes you think that, you know, halfway into the interview, it's like this could be just anybody's yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. And that's why we're doing this film, Rocket. You yeah. know, and that's why we're doing the podcast. Um, and we wanted to share with the audience a little bit more about the film because we haven't talked about the film a lot. Um, wanted to wait to, to get things established, but now it's time. The conversation between myself and Ashley kind of speaks for itself, and so we're going to go ahead and get into that right now. So, so you had Piper, mm. and and so when you had Piper, how 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 many years did you have cancer at the time that she was born? Piper was four. Okay. So she had just turned. So she, okay. Yeah, she had turned four on April seventh, and I was diagnosed on April twenty first. So, so, but you think that you may have had it before, or and you just—I think I probably had it for years, okay. maybe. If that's part of what the nausea was, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, so you, we kind of shared. You shared with me um, that it wasn't like for you. It wasn't some major dramatic impact. You, you, you seem like somebody. You, you reminded myself in some ways. When, when you're confronted with a problem, you, you identify the problem, mm -hmm. analyze the problem, and you go into solution mode. Yeah. And it seemed like you were in solution mode. Like, okay, okay, I got cancer, and uh, okay, so here's what I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do this, but I'm gonna do this, this, and this. And so when I tried to yeah. do the natural thing for six months yeah. and it didn't work, I went back and the cancer had grown. Mm -hmm. Then it was like, okay, so now plan B. So plan B to me was, okay, well, we're gonna do my own modified version. So then I'm at Seattle Cancer Wellness and Treatment Center, and instead of getting chemo every three weeks or every other week, which is the standard of care, I got it weekly because they can give you a lower dose of the chemo and it doesn't affect your system. So okay. typically they give it every two weeks or three weeks and they blast your system and then that treatment lasts for so many weeks. So now I'm getting it weekly at a lower dose and I'm getting um, 25,000 IUs of vitamin C before my treatment and things are going great. Uh, now there's no signs of cancer um, at the end of my scans and I said, okay, great, we're done. They're like, remember surgery? And I'm like, nope. So then, sure enough, it came back. Mm -hmm. And then, um, then I decided to go back to group health, where I was. That, that's where my main doctors are. And then um, I did the full gamut, pretty much, because at this point, with with cancer you go you meet with a oncologist your chemo doctor then you go meet with the radiologist and then you go meet with the surgeon and then you go meet with the plastic surgeon so there's one that will remove your best breast and then there's another that so you have all this it's like compartmentalized and my biggest frustration with it all was that I kind of wanted a team like I want to sit and talk like a team mm -hmm. and instead of be like you have this question then you have to make an appointment and go talk to this person and so I was really frustrated with the whole system um and i also was a difficult patient because i didn't want to do it are you their stubborn way. ashley i'm very stubborn no very stubborn that's not so, a bad thing though yeah and, and i mean when you're trying to survive and raise a kid that's maybe that's one of the best things you could have going for it yeah um, yeah i was a very difficult patient so finally i kind of got my wish and all the doctors because i was saying no to everything mm -hmm. um they kind of knew that they needed to kind of tag team me in a way. So they all got together in a boardroom and invited me and my mom. So we sat at the end of the table and then all the doctors are there. And they pretty much said, like, if you don't do everything we're telling you to do, you're gonna die. So then it was like this, okay, that's heavy. Um, yeah. 
And it was intimidating, because normally I can kind of like stand my own. It was me against the doctor, and I'd be like, no, no, this is how I'm gonna do things. But here, I was wanting this team to like all work together. So, and so I get it, but it wasn't what I wanted to hear. You were project managing what you were doing, and you didn't like the, the staff's, uh, yeah. your team's uh, <laughs> feedback no. or results, or they didn't like like the, what they were delivering. No, <laughs> I didn't like it at all. And yeah. of course, you have friends and family who are worried. You know, if you're not doing everything the doctor wants you to do, you know, this is a, you're putting yourself in a dangerous situation. And in my mind, I've got it handled. If I listen to what they're saying, I'm going to die. So I've got to figure out another way, another plan. So when they tell, you know, when they're saying you're going to die, and then when we got home, my mom was like, you got to do it. You got to do everything that they're telling you to do. And that's kind of where I felt defeated for the first time. You felt like, did you feel it with her that you actually had to accept the reality that you had to do treatment you didn't want to do? Is that what was happening? You really fit, like, if my mom's telling me I got to do this, then I guess I really have to do this. Is that what was happening? I think I've, I've blamed her, and that was part of the things mm -hmm. that, when I said, like, that we've had our, our yeah. run-ins over the last couple years, if I wanted to project the blame onto somebody, she was an easy target. Oh, yeah. So, in, in that moment, it was like, all right, well, um, I'm going to do all these things, and, mm -hmm. you know, like, chemo's going to assault my system to where I'm not going to be able to fight in the future. You know, the radiation's going to burn me and cause future cancers. And the surgery, um, it's the primary tumors don't kill you. It's, the, it's when the cancer migrates to other parts of your body and the cancer wants to live and the cancer's smart. So when you remove the primary tumor, it will find a way to live somewhere else. And that's when it kills you. And this is what all my research had kind of brought me to this conclusion that these were, this, this was not the way to cure cancer. And if you do these things, you're putting yourself more at risk. So wanting to avoid that at all costs. That's why I was doing all these other things and trying to figure it out. But that day when she, you know, she said, you've got to do these things. I don't know if it was that I felt like, okay, I don't, I, I think so from that day, then it was kind of a, I'll do these things then, fine, I'll do them. And you'll all see in the future that this is going to happen. Exactly what I, you know, because I, you know, and and that's what happened. You are pretty headstrong, aren't you? <laughs> no, I, yeah. I think it's awesome. I, I, get, I get that. And that's, I mean that as a compliment. I think that's the reason you're still alive. But, you know, so when it came yeah. back, stage four, and then I blame my mom, like, told you this was going to happen. Like, Aww. not easy for her. Yeah. And I think, and she's, you know, sometimes when we get into it, she'll say, like, you know, I know you're going to blame me forever. And... That, that's a tricky part, because... And you're not really going to. I mean, you don't really blame her mom. No, I don't. And no. she doesn't... And you know what? She doesn't... She knows you don't either. Because she's your mom. She knows your heart. But, you know, when the emotions are high, it seems that way. Yeah. But the reality is deep in your heart. So it's, I'm sure that's not... What's happening... It's, her stuff's coming up, too. You're her daughter. She loves you. She doesn't want to lose you. She's scared. She's scared to death. For sure. She's scared to death. She's more scared yeah. than you are, probably. In some, I mean, because well, your mom, and 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 you know, think about her. Think you're her piper. Yeah, you're her baby. You're her pride. You're you're her pride and joy. I mean, I saw how she looks at you. I saw you together. I know how much she loves you, and I can see in the photos how much she comes out and supports you. And see, she's you know, your friends. Yeah. And, 
She's been super supportive. Yeah. So um, after I, so, so I'm in the boardroom. They tell me I have to do all this stuff. I resolve, okay, fine, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to be pissed about it. <laughs> and I'm going to blame other people that it's all your fault when all this stuff happens in the future. Oh. But I told you it's going to happen. You're a rebel, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to do it. I'm yeah. not going to be happy about it. So then I went and started chemo again. And this time, um, I'd lost my hair actually the first time. Um, but not as bad because I was doing the weekly and I was doing the vitamin C. Mm -hmm. Um it wasn't as dramatic. It didn't come out like yeah. all at once because I was doing the vitamin C. So it was more like it was coming out. Um, just, I was shedding. How did it, when, and, when you saw that, like, how did you feel? Like, what, were you, what was going through your well, mind? Well, I knew it was coming. I knew I was going to be yeah. bald. Um, I had hair down to here. I, yeah. You know, my hair was longer than it is now. Yeah. It was down to here. And um, I don't know. I knew it was going to be... I didn't want to lose my hair. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to lose their hair. Yeah. Um, so, or their uh, breasts or their, or their uterus. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to lose any part of their body yeah. for any reason unless they choose to. Yeah. Yeah. So I, when it started kind of um, coming out, I decided to, Piper and I went and got our hair cut shorts. So I figured if I'm going to start shedding all over the place, I'd rather <laughs> shed this much hair than these long strands of hair. So um, her and I went and got her haircuts together, and then um, she actually shaved my head. So I tried to make it fun for her, kind Aww. of in a sense of like, this is going to well, happen. that would be fun. If I was a kid, I'd shave my head. <laughs> Do you want to shave your mom's fun. head? That's fun. I, like, I have like, fun shaving my head. It's crazy. So I have fun shaving my she head. She was four, so she shaved my head for me, and we kind of buzz cut it, and then, um, and, and then I lost it. And I was wearing... Different wigs. I think I sent you some of the photos. Yeah. I've got, you know, thought I'd have fun with it. You look good. Pink but, wigs. But you look and... good without. You look good without hair because you got great face, good eyes, oh, everything. Thanks. No, seriously. I didn't really rock the yeah. bald look much. Um, well, the first time I, I don't think I did at all. Yeah. The second time, um, it really. What was... were you thinking? I mean, when you looked in the mirror, you, you just saw don't feel thing. feminine at all. Yeah. And so, it's, you know, yeah, you got you got to do like the lipstick or the earrings yeah. and. Or fun hat, and you know you're just trying to kind of play it off. But and then even wearing a wig, you're like, is it gonna fall off? Mm. Is it? You know, there's always this like, yeah, it was, it was strange. I, to be honest, though, it's also, I mean, yeah, I don't think it'll ever go away. My body's not the same. I mean, I've had mm -hmm. so after I had the chemo, then I went through daily radiation for six weeks. Mm -hmm. So going in every day. And then I, after the radiation, no, let's see. No, I'm sorry. I had chemo, and then I had the double mastectomy. And so I was told um, that I was not a candidate for implants. So that was another thing, um, because now the cancer was so extensive. But when they wanted to originally biopsy my first tumor, um, I, in my research, had found that once you kind of, um, you put a needle into the into the tumor that the cancer cells now can break off and spread. Uh. And I didn't want them to biopsy it. Um, so they usually take three core samples, and I let them take, I think, one or two. Um, and sure enough, after I had had it biopsied, it had spread to the other breasts. And now I had it in both breasts. And so when, and then it was actually pretty extensive in both breasts. 
by the time I got around to doing the chemo. And so when they did the double mastectomy, um, they were able to get good margins, but they had to take a, like a lot of skin. And then they basically said, like, you're, you're not a candidate for implants or anything in the future. And so here I am, you know, I'm 30, you know, in my 30s, I'm not married. And I'm thinking, great, so you just, and I had Ds, I had nice breasts, I'll be honest. Like, you know, I, my, I don't know, it was something I was fairly proud of. Awesome. And so um, now having nothing and that was really hard. And then when, then after the surgery, I had uh, the radiation, so completely burned. So, you know, now you're looking in the mirror and you have, you're totally flat. And you've got... I know what that looks like because I saw my mom. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I mean, it's one of the most vivid memories that, the year that she died. Um, she didn't know I saw her, but she, her, her breasts were, were like, like just bone. Yeah, no, it's almost becomes yeah. concave. Yeah, and, and then she turned around and I saw, she had shingles too, but I turned mm -hmm. around and she had all the radiation birds, you know, and um, when, when you're describing it, this for me i'm i'm seeing my mom so when you're describing and i can honestly say i know exactly what it looks like because i i saw it yeah and i'm so sorry and and i hope did pipe did piper has she did she see what you look like after treatment she's been there for everything so there's nothing i've kept from her yeah. ever so she's um, You're more transparent. My we in my era in my mom's era they weren't as much. I think she was. I think she she wanted to and she didn't hide things. My dad was not as much, but but I think I saw things that I wasn't supposed to see, or at least you know they didn't want us to see because we weren't you know everything they did us a disservice because we didn't really know how sick my mom was. Mm -hmm. But you know when you describe what you just describe what you went through and oh man. I can only imagine how, what Piper, your daughter, um, what what were some of the conversations that you've had? Well, I'll be honest, like I never had, she knew I was, I was sick, she knew I had breast cancer, she knew, you know, when I was going through all the treatments, but there was never really a conversation of, um, I'm, I could die from this. It really didn't, that conversation didn't happen until yeah. I was in the hospital last year. And it was that the photo where where she's hugging me in the that, hospital. That's the most. Yeah. That is probably the most precious, one of the most precious photos I've ever seen. And I um. And we featured it in the trailer because it's so powerful. And you were telling me that she, that was she that she was scared, um, and you were trying to comfort her, or she was trying to comfort she, you. They both. Probably both. She um. Yeah, she, we tried, I mean, she came and visited me in the hospital, but we tried to keep her really busy that whole week. Yeah. Um, I had my sister. So my parents did with me. Yeah. When, sister had yeah. her all week and, you know, taking yeah. her to do fun things oh, yeah. and keep her mind off of it. Why are we it, doing but... all these fun things? Wow, we normally don't do all these fun things. Yeah. What's going on? And then to me, I felt kind of a little isolated in the hospital because yeah. I wanted her there with me because I didn't really know yeah. where I was going. But, you know, at the same time, not trying to... You know... Put too much on her plate. Beyond the rules of religion, 
cloth of conviction above all the competition where fact and fiction meet there's no color lines cast or classes there's no fool in the masses whatever faith you practice the hopeless throw away your misconceptions there's no walls around heaven there's no codes you gotta know to get in no minute minimal to control you must lose your earthly met we didn't really know each other but we met three years ago we met at the triple door um at a melodic hearing project show brett dennon uh -huh. and um i didn't really know you but it, i you know I, we chatted i had no idea at the time that you had cancer but i didn't know a year ago that where where you i didn't know 
I've, I've tracked your story a yeah. little bit. And, um, yeah. After yeah. I had the double mastectomy and the yeah. radiation, um, then it was kind of a healing phase for a while. I had yeah. to let all the burns heal. Um, and being told, now I can't have reconstruction. So, um, of course, I'm researching and I'm going to figure out a way to have reconstruction because I don't take no for an answer. Yeah. And so I'm... Yeah, are you kind of, you're kind of like that like with everything, huh? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Kind of, and I went and had the first surgery um, and it didn't, didn't really work. Mm. And so I did it three or four times. Um, and then after all the surgeries, pretty much... I mean, it was really that whole year of trying to do reconstruction. Um, it's actually several years. Dang. Was really, was really challenging. I'm cancer free, yeah. and I think, um, and then I spent a couple of years trying to just yeah do the reconstruction. At the end of it all, so you never had a break. It's like, wait, okay, well, I'm cancer free, mm -hmm. and then you went immediately. Mm -hmm. So your your body's going. I like... literally haven't stopped dealing with cancer for seven years, and I'm still dealing with it. So there's been no, there was no reprieve in there in terms of. God, ah, oh, it's behind me. I... Today we were talking. You you haven't had chemo in a, in a week, or treatment in a week. Is yeah. that it? And today you're weeks. you're in a good space, and you've been going out with friends. And I know a couple of weeks ago you weren't necessarily mm -hmm. feeling. I saw you, you know, a week ago at our event, and then and then you know we talked. And man, you you look great, and you you seem fantastic. Um, that's great to see. But it's it, do you feel like you have a little bit of a reprieve right now, and you just kind of when you have those, you just you just kind of embrace them. Tightly, <laughs> yeah. Especially being a mom, I mean, you know, just getting together with your girlfriends is, is kind of a treat, you know. But I mean, imagine just going out and just you know living and being able at least for a few hours just kind of forget. I mean, is it something that it's on your mind all the time, or, or do you have moments where you 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 don't think about it? Cancer. Yeah. Or do you think about it all the time? No, I mean. Yeah. I I still don't have a will. I don't, and I mean I. After what I went through last winter, I need to get one. I think it's the responsible thing to mm -hmm. do. But I've never put myself in a, I'm going to die from this disease. And I know everybody else is saying that, but that's not my story. I, I don't think you are. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I believe in you, and I believe that, that you're going to beat it. So, yeah. I, I've done... So many. I mean, I, I actually at one point I'd made a list of all the treatments and natural things that I've done outside of the box of Western medicine. And it's so then I did all the reconstruction. I was actually cancer free for three and a half years. Mm -hmm. But all that time was with reconstruction. Um, and so, you, so when yeah. I two right before school started two years ago um, in August, I went down to a retreat uh, for a teacher's conference in California. And I couldn't, we had to like walk like, you know, a block and a half uphill. And I knew something was not right because I was, didn't want to make that walk. Like, but then when I got back from yeah. California, I went to the doctor. And that's when we did a CT scan and mm -hmm. found out that it, um, it was back. So it pleural fluid. I had fluid around my lungs. Mm -hmm. So that you have the pleural lining that goes around your lungs like a balloon. And in that space, there's very minimal fluid typically. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was basically carrying around like a two liter of fluid around my lungs wow. and I create, so I go get them drained every week, mm -hmm. the fluid around my lungs. And, um, 
my body just recreates and refills that space. So every week I'm going in and being drained of the fluid. So like when I say I'm out of breath, like just from going up a flight of stairs, it's like my body, I don't know, you know, I'm just not getting the oxygen that my heart needs. And um, yeah, it's crazy to see like a pitcher of beer that they remove every week. It's crazy. So that was the big telltale sign that my cancer was back. And so then at that point, now I'm officially, because before I was stage 3B, um, and then now I'm officially stage 4. So when you're stage 4, that's when they say, you know, you're incurable, you're going to die. You know, I, when I found out you had cancer, it was actually through Facebook, which is, mm -hmm. you know, I had no idea. Because I think just meeting you, I would never know mm -hmm. that you're sick. I, even now, I look at you, if I didn't, if you didn't tell me, I would not know that you had cancer. Because you look, you, even though it's hard, I, you still have, you know, you're fighting. Mm -hmm. Your spirit is, I can, I can see it. And, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's, it's amazing when you talk about this stuff. I'm like, I'm sitting here listening, and I'm trying to imagine what it would be like to go through this, and I can't. I can only conceive. And you're and 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 you've almost like you've accepted, not that you've liked it, but you've accepted. Hey, this is my life. This is my life right now. And I haven't had a choice. Yeah, I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice, so I have to do what I have to yeah. do. And I'm, yeah. yeah, you just do it. You just go what, through it. it and... It's who you are, though. You've always been. Have you always had this like really fighting kind of spirit about you, even before cancer? The, uh, you seem like you. You did. Like, you just, like, a very hard charger. I'm a fighter, but I think I'm a nice, I'm a oh, yeah. good person. No, I can I tell. Mean, I, like, you're driven. Like, you see something should be done right. And your greatest creation is your daughter. And she just, you know, like I said, I haven't met her. But, but from everything you've told me and from the photos and seeing you together, it's like, I can't wait to meet her because I bet mm -hmm. she's really cool. And I bet she's pretty damn special. She like is. her mom, you know. She is. She's yeah. pretty awesome. So she has to be awesome. Because what you just shared with me is that you, she knows everything you've showed her, everything you've been totally transparent. Well, tell me, how, does, how did she react when you share these things with her? The realities that you're sharing with me, how does she react? It's just been part of her story all growing up since yeah. she was four. So there's never... She doesn't know anything different. I don't, yeah, she doesn't know anything different. Yeah. Um, she's a strong little girl. Mm. It really... Okay, so when once I became stage four, there was really like not a lot of fear. I didn't put a lot of weight behind the cancer. I was going through this, you know, wasn't a fun journey. Lost my breasts, lost my hair, and you know, I was recovering after surgeries. And she watched all that, but there was never a fear that I was gonna die from it. And I just like she kind of like I, you, like she kind of has this really indomitable spirit. Is she like you in that way? Yeah, she's you, very much like me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You you raised a strong yeah. independent. Yeah. She woman, young woman. So she I mean she acted out a bit last year mm -hmm. kind of with, you know, attitude and and she so she's she's in my class, so I'm her teacher and um part of that was so when I so I had been selling real estate and she was at Living Wisdom School and um I want to say like when she was in second grade or so is when they needed a, oh no, it was before that. Um, maybe she was, I don't know. She, they, they were looking for a teacher. So they asked me if I wanted to come and teach there. And 
I was making good money in real estate, so it really yeah, wasn't good, like, yeah, it was good. like, I don't know, I've got a pretty good no, job pretty going good right, right now. now. <laughs> so, but at the same time, yeah. I'm going through cancer. This gives me an opportunity to be the same school as Piper. Mm. And, you know, I really don't know what the future looks like. So as much time as I can spend with her. So I ended up saying yes, um, partly because it would kind of give me, you know, real estate can be stressful. And what I was going through was already stressful enough. So this would give me you know, a sure income every month. Um, and it would kind of mellow out my lifestyle a bit. Yeah. And so I said, yes, took the job. And, and then she's been in my class, um, for third, fourth, and now this How, year. Do you fifth. teach every day? Uh-huh. So you get to see her every day at school. That's cool. We go to school together. Yeah. She's do you ever have to call around on stuff? She's my most challenging student. She yeah. talks back. Oh, <laughs> She talks back and she gives me a little attitude. She, none of my other students would. Do you think she's trying to say, "Hey, this is my mom, so I can do this, but you can't"? <laughs> but it puts me in. A, she knows right. it kind of puts me in a bad place because do I. Do you tell her that? Oh yeah, we've had conversations. I mean, even my, you know, like the other kids are concerned that she gets away with stuff. But that's the extent of her acting out or showing her fear of my cancers. That you know she. But at the same time, those are just normal stuff at her age anyway. Sure. Is kind oh, of yeah. to start testing the boundaries and. How much can I talk back yeah. and get away with things? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, she's a good kid. She's a really good kid. And I, she doesn't show me her fear of my, you know, of what I'm going through. And it wasn't until... Do you think it's because you're so transparent that maybe, you know, something's when it's kept in the shadows, there's a fear because you don't know. And if you're, and if you're honest in the way that you're honest, maybe treat her like an adult, really, in terms of what you're communicating. She, do you think that's part of it? In terms of maybe, yeah, because the real the only reason I'm asking is because see again, you know, when I was growing up, my mom was sick for I think six years. We didn't even know. We we didn't know that she was going to die until the day before she died. Yeah, and and I knew she was sick, and I knew she she had mentioned cancer, but back then when you're ten, you know, cancer. Oh, it's like tonsillitis or whatever, and you know, you see, you know, her breast removed. You know, it's it's horrifying, but you, but hey, but she's doing okay. She's still my mom, and I love her, mm-hmm. and she's okay. She's here. You know, and she. They looked, never had any conversations with you about that. Oh no, she was in the the, the last the last year of her life. I mean, the last summer. She died August uh, of 1971. But but we moved to a new house in Los Angeles. We lived there when when I was younger, and and. It, we got to the new house, and I think within a week after we moved, she was in the hospital. She was in the hospital all summer. And, Did she and die in the hospital or at home? She came home she to came die. Home. Yeah, she. Um, we thought she was coming home to be home, mm-hmm. and she looked really happy. You know, she was in a wheelchair. She looked beautiful, and we thought she was going to come home to be home. And then, she was sick for six years the whole time with yeah with cancer. Um, and then, and then I think the last year is really when it went. Do you down. know when she became stage four? Or was she diagnosed right away? We, you know, we had, there was no communication. Yeah, I still don't. Have know. you asked your dad? Or he's gone. Oh, he's he died. Asked. Um, you know, I think the thing is, what was hard is, um, we thought my, I love my mom so much. I missed her, mm-hmm. and she was in the hospital all summer. And she finally came home. I thought she was going to come home. And finally, mom screwed me home, and she just really had come home to die. She went in a coma, and then um, 
my dad the day before she was, she goes your mom is very sick did they have a hospital bed set up in the yeah. living room or yeah something they had hospice and... care i knew something was weird when my when her parents my grandparents flew out she didn't want them there they had a she had some issues with her mom and but they were there and um and then my grandmother was like why all these people here and my dad sat down and talked to she goes your mom is very sick um she, she could die and i'm going what mm. what 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 do you mean she could die you said she was going to be okay and he said she's she's probably going to die well how much time does she have um well she's in a coma right now and she probably will die at any time. And I'm just like, I it was like I, I it was like I was never the same after that. Mm -hmm. It was like like, and and we got to go up and be with her. She was in a coma. She looked very serene and peaceful, and she was It was a you know beautiful sunny day summer la day in the valley and uh did you get to talk to her even though i mean i talked, talked to her to but her. she couldn't hear me yeah um we didn't even get like all i know is the last time i saw her conscious she just looked really happy and i don't know if she was medicated or what but she just looked happy and she looked peaceful and i just remember um, the last time I saw her, she just was smiling, and she looked happy. She looked beautiful. I didn't know she was gonna die, mm -hmm. and I was really mad at my dad. How, how could you, how could you not tell us what was going on? And the re what it was is my mom was like you. She refused to accept that she was gonna die. She goes, she couldn't, because who's gonna love my children? Who's gonna love you? And she, she just was like you. She just said, "Hey, if this is what I gotta do, so I, she never. I don't think she ever really knew that she was gonna die. I think she, she just kept fighting. Mm -hmm. Now maybe she did. I just didn't know. But my dad, I, the reason he didn't tell us is because he wanted my mom's last few days to be happy. She, he didn't want her to see us uh, upset, crying. She want he wanted her last few days to be peaceful." And that's why he didn't tell us, mm -hmm. which I understand, but still. And I told—I remember confronting my dad on it. He says, "Well, I told you." I go, "No, Dad, you didn't. Believe me, you didn't. You can ask John and Rob, my brothers, Robert. They'll tell you the same thing. It was a freaking gut did punch." They do, would, did they just say that she was sick, or did they actually ever use the word cancer? Like, did you know she had cancer? I, I think. I obviously, I didn't know what it was. I mean, they didn't, yeah. we didn't talk about it. We, and, the, and the thing is, after she died, like, my brothers and I, we didn't even talk about it. My brother, John, my middle brother, he didn't cry. I cried my eyes out. He had it in there. I mean, I know he was feeling it, but he's just, that's who he is. He's very, he doesn't show his emotions, mm -hmm. honestly. And Robert, my youngest brother, who's in the trailer, um, my mom teaching him to walk and feeding him his birthday cake, um, he was only four. Um, I was just, um, when that happened, my whole world just went dark, it seemed like. And, and then I was just basically trying to 
find things to do to, to run away from that pain, you know. And I think I was running from that most of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not anymore. I'm just confront now. You know, when you share your story, I just, I, I think of my mom's story, and I think of, mm-hmm. um, you know, your spirit, her spirit, and, and how she fought, and how much she loved us, and how much she fought because of us. Yeah, honestly, well, I fight for Piper. I mean, I know. because the thing is, is that I could leave this world if that's, if that's truly my destiny. Sure. I could yeah. go. Yeah. But to she, the next dimension I, or whatever. My concern for her and her future and raising her, you know, that's what makes me Cause you're mom. fight. Because you're her mom. That's part of the deal, I guess. Man. I tell you, I, I really am looking forward to meeting Piper. Like, like I, I feel like I'm really getting some insight into you, but I think I'm really going to know you by meeting her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's fabulous. She's uh, spunky, creative. She's outgoing. Just like her mom. She's super sweet, though. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to meet her. She sounds amazing. But you know what? The things, everything that you were describing your daughter are probably the same things that um, that you have as well. You teach her things when you're not even teaching her things just by her watching you, and she learns. And I'm sure that she probably um, admires you and and loves you so much. She does, but at the, as much as I've taught her, yeah. and I've you know, and I've I know that she's amazing. I also there's a lot of sadness that she's watched me be sick so much of her youth. Like, I just it's not fair. And I told you this over the phone, but I want to look at you and tell you this. And I, I mean this. When I see you, I don't see cancer. I, I see Ashley. I really do. Like, I see who you are. I see your spirit. I see that you're a mom. And I see you're badass. And I see a beautiful, intelligent, driven woman who's dealing with this thing called cancer. But I, I, I know you're dealing with it, but that's not what I see mm-hmm. when I see you. And I'm sure that I'm not the only one. That, that feels that way. And I hope you know that. Mm-hmm. You're, it's something you have, it's not who you are. Right. You're so much more than it. You're so much bigger and so much more powerful and your spirit is so much bigger than it. That's why, you know, in my heart, I believe that you can beat it. And, and we're gonna do what we can to help. That's the goal. It's always been the goal. It's... I don't. I don't know what else to say. I'm just really touched, and I'm. Um, this is incredible. <sighs> I mean, you're pretty amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm sure that when I go home tonight, I'll be thinking about all this <laughs> and processing it. Um. I'm really glad you're you're in this, Ashley. I mean, I, I think in a lot of ways it's like you know, you, my mom Judy and, and you and Jenny are really the soul of this. We're making a document mm-hmm. of your story, and and it ties into other stories, my story, Jenny's story, other mom's stories. Yeah, just very humbled, and I'm I'm in awe of who you are. Thank you. I mean that. 
and you're not alone.
Wow, that was heavy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh this is what we're all about, Greg, the the transformation and mm-hmm. like it's this story, Ashley's story is really sad and uh from the surface, but really it could, like I said, that could be anybody's story. That could be a story about anything. It makes yeah. you realize how you need to live in the now, you know. That's right. Ashley was present in the now on everything, man. That's how you survive. That's how you get through hard times. Yeah. And even on the days when, when, like, there's times she told me, she goes, she goes, if it wasn't for Piper, I would just, I would have given up. I didn't believe that, though. Yeah. I didn't believe that because I, I just don't think that's her. Yeah. I mean, that it, was not her. Yeah. I mean, even the story of it makes you think about, you know, not just Ashley, but her, her, her uh, relationship with Piper, you know, like yeah. anybody's relationship with their child. You well, know? yeah. It's like makes me think of Wolfie, right? Like, yeah. what if I wasn't around, you know, mm. to see him, you know, you know, do his first jump, you know, do his first bike race, yeah. you know, do his first baseball hit, you know, like that. This is what this is all about. Is like it, it just makes you think deeper in life. Yeah, and that's what you know. This podcast, it's a podcast about cycling, health, music, art, and transformation. These are all things that all connect. Mm-hmm. And Ashley is integral part of my cycling experience because the first cycling event I did, the first number I ever wore on a kit was Fred Hutcher Blitteride 2016. And then a year later, w- you know, we decided to form a team and, and ride for her at Obliteride 2017. And that's when I met you. Mm-hmm. And then you had a team to ride for Bennett. So between the two of us, I think we had 24 riders. Metier yeah. had a team, and then and then we had our team. And then we had, you know, and then we had Metier on the back of the kits too. So which was appropriate given the fact that we had our kickoff party there at the time. And that was a special year, man. Yeah. And you got to see Ashley meet Piper. Yeah. I mean, and all these, you know, these things that from the surface look sad, you know, people yeah. you know, dying of cancer. We had Bennett too. Same thing. Yeah. These are, these are also things that, that brought us together. It's true. I mean, this yeah. is, I mean, this is like, it's something, something that's happening that's bad, mm. but it's also it just, it creates this new thing. Hmm. Dude, I, I just totally got present what you just said there. That was powerful. I, I was moved by that. You're right. Ashley brought people together. Bennett brought people together. And Ashley inspired. I mean, this podcast really exists because of her. Yeah. The movie exists because of her and my mom. Meeting you. I don't know if I would have met you. Yeah. If I hadn't been doing this project. I would have met you. Because I would have eventually come in, but it would have been under different circumstance. It would have been a completely different thing. Yeah, it's like uh, you know all these sad country songs you hear that are great <laughs> songs, yeah. but they wouldn't have been <laughs> written if something bad didn't happen, right? Well, it's part of the it's part of the the living experience. I mean, I lost my mom, you know, and it shaped the rest of my life. But then you realize that you know we are alive and we can honor them. And that's my healing process. See, I buried it most of my life, and then yeah. it manifests itself in my adult life. But now I can take that pain and that sadness, and even I miss Ashley every day. I think of her every day. I loved her so much. I, I will always love her. She touched my life in a way that nobody has touched my life. More than she even knew. <laughs> I used to tell her. I don't think she really got it some days. Yeah. But, but the great thing is, we get to take whatever we've been through, the pain that we've dealt with, and we get to take it, and we get to honor those we love, and we can inspire those to take some action in their life. And in that process, we get to heal. Yeah. That's what it's all about. 
Greg, the glass is half full. That's right. It's all a matter of how we look at it. We get to choose. I'm not saying it's not sad, man. <laughs> yeah. I watched my mom die. You know, I watched, I was with Ashley before she died. I saw her. She couldn't talk because she had a ventilator in her mouth. But man, she was still alive. Yeah. She was still present. And that, and, and it's sad and, and her family misses her and I miss her. But man, when I look up and I see the sun, I see Ashley. When I see a sunflower, I see Ashley. Like I feel her presence in my life, especially in the process of making this film and doing this podcast. Yeah. Right on. Ah, man, I love doing this, man. And I love having you on board for this, bud. Thanks, Brandon. It's Thank you for just being part of this whole journey uh, so far in the last five years. And you know what? The best is yet to come. That's right. The best is yet to come, my brother. Because we're going to keep honoring those and we're going to get this film out. And we're, we've got some other great episodes coming up in the future. And we're going we're gonna to do some, some cool things here. And uh, most importantly, we get to honor uh, those that we love and have lost through our work and through our passions. All right. Well, that's all I got. That's all I got, man. That's uh, that's all we need. That's all we need. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank you. Uh, we want to thank Ashley, even though she's not with us anymore. Ashley, thank you for being part of this film. And thank you for being on the podcast. Rocket, want to thank you for coming in the studio and being who you are. But most of all, Rocket and I want to thank you because without you, we're just two guys sitting in a room talking to ourselves. And it's fun, but it's a lot more fun with you. So until next time, peace, love, cycling, health, music, art, and transformation. I'm Greg. And I'm Rocket. And this is We Ride Why Radio.